Yes, yes, yes. This is the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast Network. This is episode 144 on the po- on the podcast network. This is the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast. Uh, lots of stuff happening since the last time we spoke football on the show. We took a break from our other programs just to get a little bit of a breather before the absolute insanity of the season really kicks off on Thursday with... The Ravens, of course, naturally. Uh, NFL putting their best foot forward, as they should. Lots of stuff happening with Full Tilt. Uh, we have Devi on Thursday. We have the walkabout on Saturday, and we're going to roll right back. We have the first review of the season. Uh, that'll be out on Monday, so lots coming. Remember to hop into the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. I'm getting all this out of the way now. Remember to hop into the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast Discord. It is free. We have fun there, and you should too. And I just want to shout out everyone that's been hopping into my Twitch, uh, talking fantasy football uh, every time we go on. So shout out to you. You can find me there at Tom Simple FF. Speaking of, I am joined today, of course, by my my by my boys here. Uh, I'm joined by Jacob Sanderson. If you want to score RTDB, no Billy today, but that's okay because we have Lucas Gilbert at the Cute Hertz. You can also find him on Twitch at the same name. And look, my fun fact of the day today: I am on the second day of a calorie deficit, and I already want to walk into oncoming traffic. Gentlemen, how are we doing? I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, Tom gave you all the details, but I'm having a fun week. Uh, I'm hearing hype about Wandale Robinson potentially being the Giants wide receiver one. Um, hype, hype, hype. It's just, you know, it's a, I'm looking through, looking through my, my Debbie rosters, my graduating class. I'm looking at all my Wandales, my dubs uh, I'm, I'm looking at the highlight videos. We're feeling things. We're feeling things this summer, uh, getting ready for football season, getting ready for preseason football season. It's a, it's a hot Jacob summer right now in, uh, yeah in the streets lucas how are you man uh, i'm doing pretty good today uh the only thing that sucks is every time i'm using the uh, fantasy pros a uh, draft wizard tool going through doing my mocks getting ready for the year i keep seeing that Brees hall keeps sneaking up travis Etienne keeps sneaking up mm-hmm. aj dylan keeps sneaking up and it keeps breaking my heart every single time and i just i really wish people weren't starting to catch on a little bit the summer was much better whenever I was getting Brees in the fourth and ETN in the fifth and my running backs were set and, but that's okay. We're moving on with life. We'll make new strategies. Unfortunately, things can't stay perfect forever in the, in the draft streets. I think we've all learned that. And now, especially with the boom of quote unquote, casual drafters entering the chat, if you would, uh, Hey, maybe there'll be a dip on Brees though with Becton going down for the season. We'll talk about that today before we get going. Uh, the sports world lost an absolute juggernaut um, last week in Vin Scully. And I just wanted to, to do the man right. So uh, I just want to read something off uh, from Vin's last broadcast. And it goes like this. May God give you for every storm, a rainbow for every tear, a smile for every care, a promise and a blessing in each trial. For every problem, life sends a faithful friend to share. For every sigh, a sweet song, and an answer for each prayer. You and I have been friends for a long time, but I know in my heart that I've always needed you more than you've needed me. And I'll miss our time together more than I can say. But you know what? There'll always be a new day and eventually a new year. And when the upcoming winter gives way to spring, 
rest assured, it will always be time for Dodger baseball. So shout out to Vin Scully, an absolute legend and one of the few who could paint a real picture with words and one of the few men who held a solo broadcast for nearly his entire career. And he would have you hanging on to every word. So shout out Vin. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk training camp hype and news. And I promise it won't just be Jacob talking about Wandale for 25 minutes. I promise. Here's a clip from our last show last week. I don't think there's a good situation where I see Robinson really taking away from ETN seriously this year. And I think that's why Snoop Connor is a great last round mm. pick in fantasy. Cause Love there's Snoop. a real chance that Snoop Connor is the, like there, there's a real chance that James Robinson goes in week one or this preseason plays two snaps comes out and we don't see him again for this season. They come out, mm-hmm. put him on IR. We don't talk about him again. And uh, to Billy's point with Snoop Connor, uh, he came out looking like he could catch passes, and that's what we like to see from uh, in that Raiders game, catching a hot pass where, for some reason, a linebacker looked like he was just coming in screaming off the sidelines completely out of position. But that's preseason. Uh, that's why it's hilarious. Jacob, uh, also Andy, shout out to you. Never missing a show lately. You're just Exclusively, the man. Exclusively, by the way, I named like – 12 different cat storylines we could touch on in the chat, and I intentionally avoided Josh Jacobs playing in the Hall of Fame game because oh my I'm gosh. so tired of that one. They played everyone, but uh, that's a, yeah, yeah you, you're right. I appreciate I'm, that. I'm just looking now. David Montgomery playing special teams, although that's personally my favorite storyline. Oh, I'm mentioning it because I think that's hilarious. Uh, also, Andy, what a class tribute. Thank you, man. Uh, I grew up watching Vince Scully. I'm a baseball guy. I got the Jays shirt on, Jays helmet. We got the Brooklyn Dodgers uh, poster in the back. That's an original 1955 poster, by the way. Uh, huge baseball fan, so grew up with Vin. And uh, yeah, I, I went back and watched old. Dodger baseball games uh, over the weekend while I was working because of Vin. So, you know, get older, this kind of shit happens. It just sucks. But one thing that doesn't suck is hilarious camp stories. And we've got a few uh, right now. I want to start off with one of Jacob's players that has, he's just been hyping nonstop. This is the newest late round wide receiver that Jacob is is propping up and the ADP already starting to climb. Somebody drafted him. What do you post in the 12.4? We all he's, know that's he's, because he's of you. He's going to be around 12 ADP by like literally Easily. Like in two days. Like and it's, he is shooting up the board. It was only about two weeks ago he was going in round 18 or not at all. He's now has around 13 ADP on underdog. I, I think that it's, it's entirely possible that we're like two preseason touchdowns away from a top 180p. And I'm blaming you just as everyone Dude, blamed you for Marquez Callaway. in round seven last year. So like it's in play with Romeo Dunn. 100%. And I loved your tweet about uh, him only. <laughs> well, lucky like, for the person who did this. <laughs> right. Going against, he's burned everybody except for Jair Alexander, oh, Jair. one of the top yeah. three corners in the NFL. But aside from that, he looks unstoppable gotta talk to him about the number though 87 like that's some that's some ed mccaffrey stuff like it's not an elite number 
No, it's it's elite. It's elite in Green Bay. He's going to be the next Jordy Nelson. Okay, okay, enough of that. Uh, I I like him. I do like him. I made an accidental trade. I didn't pay attention, and I traded him for Janu. So I'm sad about that. But I do keep drafting him. And I'm still drafting him in the third. I actually started to draft him in the third round of rookie drafts because you've started to have to uh, if you want to uh, if you want a piece of him. He's not falling to the yeah, fourth anymore. The, well, we had a rookie draft uh, that was like what I think the second latest rookie draft of all mine. The league that you commissioned, he went at the two eleven. Yep, unbelievable. Wow. Uh, to me. I think I drafted him. I actually think maybe you did take him, but I think I did draft him at two eleven. I think I did, but that's hey, we're being open and honest about where we are at. Uh, Oh, I drafted. I think I drafted Tolbert at two eleven. Sorry. Anyway, aside from that, that's another. That's another player that I finally got a piece of. But uh, what are we making of it? Like, do we actually think that it's as wide open as we think it is? with Dobbs for playing time. Like to us, it's wide open, but coaches not always going to make the best decisions. Well, who, but I mean, the thing is who else, right? So this, this was Mm -hmm. like, I was on Dobbs for a couple reasons. Uh, I mean, the first one did not take any sort of brilliant mind to see, which is that like the green Bay wide receiver death chart is just by a mile, the worst in the league. Um, yes. probably even worse than the Chicago bears, or at least like, or at least that they have the worst wide receiver one in the league in, in Lazard. And then you look through the rest of the depth chart. It's like, okay, well, who else they have? They had like Christian Watson who went ahead of dubs in the draft by, by a wide margin, but is super raw. You know, he was a rookie too. So, right. A lot of times we're always thinking with these rookies, it's like, Oh, well, we want to play this rookie, but who are they going to play ahead of this trusted vet? Well, Christian Watson also is a freaking rookie, right? We saw this happen with Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon last year, where it's like, who's to say that the earlier drafted rookie is the one who becomes more dependable in the eyes of the coaching staff versus the later drafted rookie, right? And then everyone else on this roster, like, I don't even count Cobb because he plays like slot wide receiver. He's a situational receiver. Like he's, he kind of has his own role. I see everybody else that's vying for these outside wide receiver slots is a different category than Cobb. It's like, well, who else is he competing with? Watson, rookie. Um, Amari Rogers, who's a slot wide receiver that they didn't play last year. So they obviously hate, um, Jawan Rinfrey, who's like a special teamer, Samare Toure, who's even a later rookie than Dubs, and Sammy Watkins, who like, okay, veteran deference to a point, but he's not from the Packers, right? He was a new acquisition. So he doesn't have necessarily the same kind of veteran deference that it would be like if MVS was still there, um, potentially. So Correct. the other interesting thing about this Watkins situation is his contract like is full the way it's structured is they can cut him for basically no cost to them if they cut him pre-week one um but he actually costs them a chunk of change if, if they play him and so to me like he's a classic case of they get him as a contingency option where if these young guys aren't impressing them they can play sammy Watkins. he's a professional wide receiver but as bad as their wide receivers are on top they've invested a lot into their depth recently right Watson pick, Dubs, Toure, Amari Rogers last year. That's four rookie wide res- or four wide receivers they've taken in the last two draft classes. They're keeping Cobb because Rogers will literally leave the team if they got <laughs> Randall Cobb. They're obviously keeping Alan Lazard. So, like, are they going? Do they think that Sammy Watkins is a large enough upgrade over Dubs right now to keep him 
and then force themselves to cut a receiver that they either just drafted late in Toure or just drafted in the third round last year in Rodgers. I don't think that Watkins makes this team. I, I don't think he's going to be on the week one roster. So I, I think that Dubs See, we disagree is super there. live at, at, a, at, a, at a spot for playing time. We saw, even if he is there, I mean, they had the family night, which was like sort of the best chance that we got to see the inner workings of what their offense would run. Um, Watkins, of course, was active. Christian Watson, of course, not active. But you had Lazard, Watkins, Dubs, by far led the team in routes. What was most interesting is they actually used Dubs and Lazard as a slot wide receiver on about half of their snaps. So they were rotating those guys into the slot so that they could show looks with all three of them at the same time. They played Randall Cobb very sparingly. They played Amari Rogers very sparingly. So I, I see like the one thing he has to do during playing time is he has to be ahead of Christian Watson. I think that that's honestly like it, he should be favored to be ahead of Christian Watson in week one, at least at this point, like he's been in camp, he's been practicing, he's been crushing it. Christian Watson has not practiced. Like he's hurt. He's, he got knee surgery. He might come back a couple of weeks before the regular season. I, I really don't think that Watson's just going to like walk off of the pop list into the starting lineup as a rookie. That doesn't seem particularly likely to me. So I think he's already ahead of Watson until Watson passes him and Dubs has the opportunity to make sure he doesn't pass him. And then it's like, does, can they either work him in alongside Watkins and Lazard? Like they were willing to in the slot or does Watkins get chopped off this roster? I, I don't think that Watkins is on the team in a backup. I think Watkins is either starting and playing or he's cut just the way that his contract is. But I think it's, it's honestly like pretty viable. That he's just cut. I would say Amari Rogers doesn't make the roster before Sammy Watkins doesn't make the roster because NFL coaches want a vet and they want more than one vet. So having a guy like Watkins in the wide receiver room, I think teams value that more than fantasy managers want them to value. So I think having a player like Watkins and like Cobb in the wide receiver room with the other guys, I think is beneficial. Amari Rogers didn't show anything really when he was on the field and then he got hurt. So he could end up practice squad. Uh, I believe one of their other late round wide receivers could end up there. Um, and I think that's more likely than Watkins getting cut unless Watkins again, like two plays into the preseason gets hurt and he's useless and doesn't practice again. Sure. But I think when it comes to vets, I think that um, he makes the team or I think there's another receiver potentially that gets cut in this preseason that the Packers end up jumping on. So I think that's the only other thing. I think that's the only other thing that could hurt uh, Mr. Dubs uh, chances of really having an early potential breakup. I think that if a receiver who's a vet gets cut and the Packers like, I think they go after him because I think they fucking need to, because you're right. The receivers are horrific. Uh, 100 percent rogers like i just the thing about it is like rogers has such an influence there in terms of who plays right and like yeah it's just it's a unique situation he's been pumping up dubs he's been pumping up winfrey he hasn't ever practiced with christian watson because rogers wasn't at otas when watson was healthy then watson gets knee surgery when rogers shows back up so he hasn't thrown a pass to him Right. I don't think that Rogers wants Christian Watson to be starting in week one, who he has not even thrown a ball to this year. Like that's, I just don't think that's how Rogers operates. And then like, if he's pumping up freaking Jawan Winfrey, like, are they going to Kumaro him again? 
Like, are they going to cut Jawan Winfrey? Because that's a guy that needs to get cut for Sammy Watkins to make this team, right? Like, they either that or they got to mm-hmm. cut both Toure and Amari Rogers, which that's that's possible. I don't know. It's just like again, beware the, the practice squad. Dicey. The Watkins thing. It's just something's not right. Like, he gets signed on a prove it deal. He doesn't show up to OTAs. Like, that's got to annoy the shit out of you if you're a coach, where you're like. I'm going to give this veteran a one last chance, prove it deal. And then he just doesn't show up to OTAs. And then he comes up, he's been injured. He's been dropping passes. Nobody's talked about him in a particularly glowing light. Everyone knows he's like not a fun dude to be, be around. Cause he's a crazy person. Like, I don't know. <laughs> off. Uh, Will Fuller still out there too. Remember that he, he is, but Fuller apparently. I, I doesn't want to play in now. the cold. Yeah. Yeah. Deshaun Kaiser said he would never play in Green Bay. Yeah, because he doesn't want to play in the cold. All right, uh, that's very, very good. That's that's just that's just hard hitting factual data analysis. I heard from a guy. I heard from a guy. I heard from a guy that Will Fuller doesn't want to be cold. They, that's the type of stuff we like to see. I want to hit these two very quick because I can sit here and talk about Pittsburgh in a not so glowing manner for a week straight. So I just think it's hilarious. But you have down here, every Bears wide receiver is dead. Uh, they're all terrible. I don't even want Darnell Mooney. I did no, talk they to – They all got hurt, all of them. Like, like um, it was Pringle got hurt, then Nikhil Harry got hurt, and then David Moore got hurt. They lost, like, all of their shitty wide receivers. And Pringle might still get suspended. He says the legal thing, right? So yep. we'll yeah, see. The only people who are left are, are behind Mooney now are um, uh, Vilas Jones. Uh, who I think was born while the Magna Carta was being written. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> and uh, who else? Oh, Equinamia St. Brown. He's there. And potentially Jalen Rieger now. So we'll see. They're, they're, calling, about, they're, talking, they're calling about every failed first-round wide receiver. Jalen Rieger is two years younger than Vilas Jones. It's disgusting. Yeah, absolutely disgusting. I just wanted to hit it because uh, Scott Barrett – uh, from fantasy points is going to be joining us again. I have talked to him because oh, his, my guys are coming out soon. And once his, my guys are out, with Christian Watson, Scott. he will, uh, Oh my, I can't wait for that discourse with sky more, but he's going to join us after that drops to talk about Justin Fields and why he thinks he's a late, like a, a legitimate breakout candidate, which I horrifically disagree with. Cause I see no positives in Justin Fields outlook. And then obviously train Lance. So he's going to come and join us. I don't want any – I don't even want Darnell Mooney. He he had one of the worst, like, 164 target seasons I've ever seen. And the game that really props up his season was the game against the Ravens in which Andy Dalton threw him the ball, not Justin Fields, when he, when he lit it up. So I think that's important to remember. Like, he had one of the worst 160-plus target seasons I've ever seen, and I don't see that offense scoring a lot of points. So I don't want any yeah, of them. Both, both his best games. People forget the last game of the year, he had 16 targets for 12 and 126. Also from Andy Dalton, he had um, he had three games over eight targets, and in those games he had 16, 13, and 16, and all of them were from Andy Dalton. Yeah, it's important to remember that it, Darnell Mooney did not break out with Justin Fields. He just got Pretty the clear. ball a Nobody lot. Nobody broke out with Justin Fields. True, <laughs> and I think you've been talking in the Bulletproof Discord, uh, as Drew would say, uh, about why you're afraid of Justin Fields, at least a little bit, yeah. that his outlook 
is not looking so good, and I'm inclined to agree. So we hit that. Any thoughts on that? Uh, I will say with Justin Fields, uh, PFF, they really they're really big advocates of passers who succeed with clean pockets because they say that's the most translatable stat year after year for quarterbacks. And Justin Fields had the third highest completion percentage for a rookie quarterback with a clean pocket. So right. my concern is that, really that only happened like you, <laughs> like 30 second in clean pocket rating or something or uh, attempts or some shit like that. Like it, it good news. It can only go up. So yeah, that, well, that's a, that's a yeah. positive. That is ADP I'm, though. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm of two minds about fields. Like I, I just, I mean, we all gushed about fields last year. And I, I don't, I don't like no longer feel that way. I, I still felt like he was a really good quarterback prospect. I don't think that he's like, I don't think that he's dead to rights as a player because of what I've seen on the football field. If him and Zach Wilson switch spots today, I would feel like so much more optimistic about Justin Fields. Just oh yeah. Like, oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. Like his team is bad. Like there's no. No, I'm, but do you not think the Jets are like a miles better situation than the Bears? Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, Definitely. Fields' oh, team is bad. Head, right? Like, I'm saying, like, if we just – if we Freaky friday them and he got to play with, you know, with Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore um, and Corey Davis, who, like, is whatever, but he would be, like, the best thing on the Bears. Uh, and, like, and a coaching staff that seems, like, invigorated. It's just everything that the Bears have done just – frustrates me like they hire a defensive coach they hire a, uh, an offensive coordinator who has never even called plays and wasn't even an offensive coordinator he was like fourth in line it was like rogers essentially is the, was the oc in green bay <laughs> and then it was Lafleur, <laughs> and then it was hackett and then getsy is like fourth in line he's like the assistant to the regional manager um of office no. <laughs> green bay. not the assistant regional manager no, he's the assistant to the regional. He's the assistant to the he's the assistant to the vice president offense of of the regional district of of the Midwest. Oh my god! And he's now the offensive coordinator. So it's just like it's just brutal to me. They didn't do anything on the offensive line. Kevin Jenkins, who last year was supposed to be their left tackle of the future, is so bad they want to trade him a year in. Um, yeah. Their middle linebacker, who's I think the only good player on. He's their working with the twos team, and threes, no by the way. To play Gosh. with the organization because he's been lowballed. Like they. This is a team – the microchasm of this Bears plan right now is that they would have received a third-round pick for letting Allen Robinson walk, and they precluded themselves from being able to receive that third-round pick by signing Byron Pringle. Like, signing Byron Pringle robbed them of a compensatory pick, and then they also proceeded to not draft a wide receiver in the first two rounds. So it's like – like where are what are we doing like what are what you know it's like and, what's going on in chicago so and just, it's hard for me to support fields when he was not inherited by this regime this regime they might believe in him i don't know if they believe in him or not i'm not going to speculate but they haven't done anything to support him and so like it's just he's playing on like extra extra hard mode if he can succeed in spite of it good for him it will be entirely due to him and he should deserve all of the credit in the world because he's getting boned. But I, I just don't know. Like if he's bad this year, nothing else in the team is good. Like they're staring down Stroud or young. Like is this team that, that didn't invest in him? Like at that point, are they going to be like, no, it's our fault. We're going to give fields a chance to succeed. Or are they just going to like dartle them and send them off for a round two pick somewhere else and draft CJ Stroud? Like, Knowing them, so it'll, it'll, he'll be traded to the Carolina Panthers for like a sixth round pick so we can join everyone else there. Panthers but also, he wasn't even on their draft the board. It's, 
And then the Panthers are going to be like, hey, yeah, but no one that makes decisions for the Panthers is going to be important. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it also uh, begs the question, if Stroud or Young end up in Chicago, it's just a repeat of, you know, I don't know if I want those guys because there's they no – There's no way they're going to take an, a high State quarterback two times in three years. There is the no – get so rattled. There is no path to success for the Bears over the next five to six years unless they go perfect in their draft and acquisitions, and there's no fucking chance. Their bell cow running back is playing special teams, so not great. Um, Cleo Peppers tw- playing special teams? Okay, let's not get Jacob too excited now. 25 minutes in, we got a couple more to go. They have an elite uh, special teams unit. Yeah, they're, they're adding athleticism at the personal protector position. Oh my God! Can I just shout out Brandon Ayuk, who quoted, who was quoted as saying that he is happy there is another receiver for Kyle Shanahan to quote annoy, so he can leave me the hell alone. Uh, we love hearing he has looked phenomenal. Uh, his connection with Lance has looked great downfield. He's absolutely balling out, and he's got the confidence to basically say to his coach, "Like fucking leave me alone now." So I wanted to shout that out, but let's talk about Pittsburgh before we move on. I feel like this will yeah. be the last thing before we move on. Uh, also, MT looks sick and Kamara is not getting suspended. We touched on Kamara last week. We don't need to go through that again, but MT looking good is is got to be hyping a lot of people up, including Jacob Sanderson. Also, he's still a value right now, but he will not be. Acquire him while you can from the haters. But let's talk yeah, about if he Pittsburgh. He plays in a preseason game and starts catching slants. The discount's over. Yeah, it's one hundred percent over. Um, Pickens is getting every opportunity right now to absolutely supplant at least Chase Claypool. I think that's already happened. Uh, I think Claypool's time as a full-time receiver on that team. Is kind of done. I believe it'll be Deontay and at this point Pickens. He's been hurt. He's not practicing. And the team just seems completely unexcited to even have him on the roster. Deontay did get paid, but at a fucking discount. But seeing as how it's Pittsburgh, that's not surprising. Uh, So Deontay is obviously still expected to be the guy, obviously. Yeah. But Pickens, Jacob, you posted in the Discord your, um, um, Oh my God, your cash out value. And you have Pickens down as any 24 first, if you can get them, explain that to the people. I talked about like the hype guys, right? So, I mean, my, my stance on this class was that there's only two players in this class that I liked more than a 23 first uh, on draft day, those being Brees Hall and Drake London. Um, And it's not because I don't like the other wide receivers. Like I, I like a lot of the other wide receivers. I think it's a deep wide receiver class, but I think I've talked about this on the show before. Whenever you look at a future first, right, 2022 aside, because the quarterback class was ass and the running back class was mostly ass, most first rounds, if you can think back, you know, to 2020, 2021, uh, and 2023 will be the same. It's like, how does your rookie draft shake out? You get, you start off with these bell cow running backs prospects with the high draft capital mixed in alongside the early round one quarterbacks with rushing upside. And that's the first half of round one. And then the latter half of round one is usually all of the stud wide receiver prospects. So to me, it's like you, you risk nothing trading, even like a Garrett Wilson, a Chris Olave, a Sky Moore, whatever for 23 first, because worst case, you're just going to get another really high end wide receiver prospect. Best case, you're going to get an elite workhorse running back prospect or a mobile quarterback or something like that. Right. 
those are those scarce premium positions. So I'm always in favor of that. Pickens, I mean, same thing. Like we we've seen from last year. Remember Terrace Marshall? Like the the rookies who have the best camp reports, like are not always a one to one correlation to who has the best career. I would certainly rather be having good camp reports. Like I'm not saying it shouldn't matter, right? Like I viewed on draft night, like my early rookie drafts, I was like George Pickens, Christian Watson, same tier to me. I, I don't have that opinion anymore. Like I would way rather have George Pickens who's starting and destroying in camp every day than Christian Watson, who's getting his knee scoped and sitting on the sidelines, watching other people catch passes. Like I care, but when we get that sort of artificial boost where people are getting moved along the range of outcomes before they even played a game, I want to take advantage of that. So if I can sell sky for 23, one Pickens for a 24, one, uh, I want to do that. You know, similarly dubs, like if I can turn what was a late third into a 24 second, if I can turn Isaiah Pacheco, who was a fourth round pick into, you know, a, a second in a year, like, yes, we want to do that. Right. Um, so I, I agree with Pickens, uh, Pickens and or Rondale in two seconds. Um, that's a tough one. I, I don't I'm have like, a strong take seconds. about this. I'd probably take Rondale in two seconds, unless you're telling me like the seconds are both in 2024 on loaded teams, then I'd probably take Pickens. But like, if, if my, if I'm just assuming that these are like, mid 23 seconds i'd probably i'd probably rather have three rolls of the dice than one 100 i agree with that um okay we're gonna take another break when we come back uh we are gonna hit some players that we feel you are on your last chance to get them before the preseason kicks in in full swing and their adp goes through the fucking roof set tight we're gonna be right back i think that quarterbacks who spend a lot of their time extending time in the pocket, naturally become more inclined to condense target trees. Like you think of Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers as two other guys. Andrew Luck was a guy like this, where they are not looking to like hit the open guy immediately if that's a check down option. They're buying time in the pocket. They're scrambling around. Like these are not guys that are getting rid of the ball all that much in rhythm, like a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning or a Phillip Rivers who have often had more disparate target trees because it's like first read covered. Yes. Second read covered. Yes. Third read, fourth read. Like they're just going through those reads. Whereas like you think of Russell Wilson, Mahomes, Rogers, these are guys where like a lot of time it's first read covered, scramble around until that person's not covered anymore. And like, there's a certain level of chemistry that it takes to, you know, interpret where's the quarterback going to look, where's he going to go? Because you're, you're going off script, right? You're not running the routes anymore. Look, uh, this is a point in the program where I have to remind you that you should be playing underdog fantasy. It is absolutely blowing up. It is everywhere. Every time a new draft drops, like the Pomeranian or any of the puppy drafts, they are full because there are lunatics like Jacob Sanderson, a friend of the show now, uh, Pat Corain, uh, just out there drafting a hundred teams a day. Jacob was on here and said that he drafted like five live drafts at one time. Like these, these are getting filled immediately. You need to join the online sensation and you can do that with our help. You can go to underdog fantasy, pull it up on the app, go to underdogfantasy.com. However you want to play. If you've never played before, sign up with promo code full tilt and you 
will get your first deposit matched up to $100. And guess what? That's four free entries in Best Ball Mania 3, which you should be drafting right now. Last year's winner drafted in June, if I am not mistaken. There is an advantage to drafting early. Time is running out. Play in one of the biggest best ball tournaments ever. You need to be doing that. And luckily, we have somebody on our squad, Mr. Jacob Sanderson, FF underscore RTDB, who is constantly posting his best ball strategies on the Bird app at FF underscore RTDB. Get an edge, get in the game, and live a little. Enjoy your life that little bit more. Go to Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code Full Tilt. Get your deposit matched up to $100. Gentlemen, players... There's like there's only 21% left to fill in the puppy three. And last year they only did three puppies. I have no idea. I don't know. There might be a puppy four. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe. But it's getting tight. To, to I don't the know timeline. if there's going to be a fourth puppy. If this is the last puppy and there's 79% full, I would estimate that you might only have two more days left to play in a $5 best ball tournament on underdog. If I might be it. Yeah. You got to get in now because – People are going crazy for it, and you should. It's phenomenal. It's great fun. They also provide you with things like pick them and lots of different options to help you enjoy your fantasy sports. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, today we're going to run through some players that, again, we feel like you are on your last opportunities to get them before their ADPs skyrocket. Now, do not hear or, or don't hear what I'm not saying. We're not saying that these players at their ADP are going to come and be 17 points per game players. That's not what we're telling you. We are saying that these players, they're low on the ADP and they are going to move up by more than 10 spots by the time the preseason is over. So if you want them this cheap, this is your last chance. That's what we're doing. And I want to kick it to Lucas first because the man is so quiet and he's so patient and he's so calm. He will not speak unless you ask him to. Uh, he's rocking his Broncos hat and we're going to break him out of the shell. And we're going to let you kick off first player that you think is going to really move up once the preseason hits? So the first player I want to talk about, it's somebody we've already talked about just a little bit with because he's having an awesome camp and he's giving us great one-liners, and that's Brandon Ayuk. And it's just because his ADP right now is just absolutely ridiculous, especially with where everybody was drafting him last year for – uh, the second year breakout after a great rookie season. He's right now wide receiver 42, according to DLF for Dynasty, wide receiver 39 in your redraft leagues right now. I mean, he's somebody who is going to be putting up wide receiver two numbers all season. He was doing it the second half of the season last year whenever he got out of Shanahan's doghouse, and now there's somebody else in Shanahan's doghouse, so it makes it easier for him. And Correct. there's no way that Debo Samuel is going to be able to produce the exact same way. Right? There's absolutely no way that he's going to produce the exact same numbers as last year. There's going to be regression from him, and I think it's going to be going to Brandon Ayuk, and he is the easiest buy right now for me for somebody who's going to be overproducing where their ADP is. It's hard to it's hard to see Brandon Ayuk's producing at, at wide receiver, th- like mid wide receiver three. I think you're right. I think he he's produced better than that last year anyway. I think. He- I mean, he wasn't great by any means just because he sucked so bad the first half of the season. I think he still finished as wide receiver 30 last year for PPR. And he's going in the wide receiver 40s right now. That's easy. Absolutely easy. Yeah, 100%. I agree. I like that player. Don't really have any arguments. I think he's a smash. Jacob, to you. 
I'll stay with the wide receiver position. I teased him earlier. Wandale Robinson. Wandale Robinson. I'm shocked. Was going in round three of your rookie drafts because everyone is butthurt that they drafted Rondale Moore, who we've seen one year of. We don't even know for sure if he's bad yet, but whatever. Rondale Moore goes out as a mediocre rookie year, and everybody decided we can never draft a short player ever again. And so – Jacob despite, loves the short kings. Despite having elite production, three breakout years, among the best production profiles in the entire class, coming out of the SEC as an early declarer, getting drafted in round two, people have, have no interest in Wondell Robinson, even despite landing on the Giants and an ambiguous wide receiver depth chart. People have no interest in Wondell Robinson was going near the last round in best ball drafts was going in the third round in rookie drafts. That is, is already been trending up with the camp reports, but you know, who was not listed on the unofficial public relations intern depth chart as a starter, as a rookie, not Brees Hall, not Chris Olave, not Traylon Burks, Wandale Robinson was. Wandale Robinson was listed with the ones, baby. He's the one who <laughs> knocks. He's going to be out there in the preseason doing his thing, catching five-yard slats, catching drags, running out of the backfield. They're running all sorts of things with him. B reporters are saying he's live to be potentially the number one in targets. Kenny Galladay looks completely checked out of the National Football League at this point. Just looks like he's Brutal. lost his interest in playing football whatsoever. Darius Tony, I love him as well, but he's nursing some injuries. He's seemingly dropping multiple balls in every single practice. Uh, Wandale's the guy who continues making plays, uh, continues to be there for Daniel Jones. And if you think about this team, right, and how they're going to have to play, they're going to be behind in a lot of games. This team is bad, <laughs> okay? Um, Very they're bad. They're going to throw at a high rate. They're going to pass at a high rate. They're going to be playing at a high pace. That's what Dable's going to want to do. What kind of routes, like – work best when you're throwing at a high rate in comeback mode all the time. Think about Amon Ross St. Brown in the latter half of the year, running out of the slot, all these little eight yard drag routes across the middle. That's the Wondell Robinson route tree in this offense. If you think about Josh Allen over the past years, when they're actually behind, it doesn't happen very often, but how many times he's just peppered Cole Beasley in some of these games with like 15 targets when they're in comeback mode. I think we're going to see some absurd volume games with Wondell. And especially if you're in a PPR format, that's a guy who could be an every week starter for you in fantasy who's getting drafted really, really late. I love I love it. I still can't I I I can't buy in. I can't do it. Uh I'm more willing to buy in on Kadarius Tony than I am Wandale. I I can't I can't I can't do it. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't have like have a, to be a good quarterback to throw slant passes though. I'm just I know, saying. but I hey hey, I will hype up Daniel Jones all day at this Imagine point. Imagine if they get Jimmy G. Can anyone oh my Jimmy G? I'll just cry. Those nice little five yard slants over the middle of Wandale. Oh man. He might have no, a, he'll, he'll he might try have to find Kenny Galladay because, cause he's a vet and he can trust him. Watch. That'll be what happened. Uh, look for me. It, I'm if you watched the, um, big bank of Billy, I bought in on this player without knowing this is who I was talking about. I want to talk about Christian, Kirk, the man that broke the wide receiver market this offseason. And I know you might be groaning and bleh. uh Where did you say Ayuk was being drafted right now, Lucas? He is being drafted as wide receiver 42 in your dynasty leagues and wide receiver 39 in your redraft. Rondell Moore is being drafted as the uh, wide receiver 
I think I, I believe I have it written down as 42. Christian right Kirk, now. you mean? Or, yeah, sorry, Christian Kirk. Wandale, but you're going to stand shorter, Wandale. Uh, Christian Kirk is not shorter, Wandale. Thank you very much. We're going to talk about uh, Christian Kirk because he got the money. <laughs> and no, 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 no. We'll talk about Rondale later. Uh, hint, hint, okay. hint, hint. Um, look, if you look at his peripherals, they don't look absolutely fantastic. Obviously, only an 18 uh, percent target share. He did manage 103 targets in a high flying offense. He didn't play too terribly. He was finished as a wide receiver 30 in points per game. The 12.2 point per game player in Arizona. Great offense. We love it. Kyler Murray, really good quarterback. Awesome. He was the third to fourth option most of the time on that team uh, throughout the season. He's now going into a situation where he's likely to be moved inside from everything that I am reading and seeing about Jacksonville beats. He's more likely to be used inside to hone his skill set with Trevor Lawrence, who likes throwing uh, to that inside position. We are looking at a possibility of getting a wide receiver in the forties and his current ADP who can end up with 130 targets. Um, I understand the offense is bad. I understand that Christian Kirk might also be bad. I understand that Doug Peterson might not be a good coach anymore. Maybe Trevor Lawrence is a giant bust. However, you are getting free targets this late in the draft. And I believe with a player with his catch and run ability, his deep ball ability, he's an explosive player. We love athletes. He's an athlete. If you want to use the follow the money narrative, well, that works for him. He's got that dog in him. You can use that narrative if you want to. We can easily, easily project a 20-plus percent target share. I would even be brave enough to say 22% target share, which is where I have him uh, projected at currently. And again, you're getting him so late in drafts, it's worth the shot. Uh, and I believe by the time preseason hits and they just dink it and duck in for Christian Kirk, I think his ADP is going to skyrocket. And I don't think he's going to be this free anymore. Or maybe their whole offense is absolute dog shit and everyone on that team drops an ADP. Who knows? But I'm willing to bet that the best quarterback prospect that we have seen since Peyton Manning, apparently, or I guess Andrew Luck, um, both uh, both Colts. So shout out Jacob. Too bad uh, Andrew Luck never stuck around. Sorry, bro. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to bet that he's not actually as bad as he is. So Christian Kirk I'll, at his I'll current take- ADP. I'll take that segue because another guy on my list at the quarterback position is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was, was the guy that I think um, might be rising in ADP. He's pretty clearly behind the likes of Derek Carr. Matthew has the same elbow that I do in center field, putting the ice pack on between double headers. Stafford. Too true. Uh, um, Kirk Cousins, Aaron, I don't have any wide receivers, but I have found drugs. Rogers. Um, Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, Tua Tungavailoa, all these guys. Like I, I think that Lawrence, you know, he has all he was a guy that, you know, we love the upside of coming up. He has a little bit of rushing ability, not not to the extent of Lance and Fields, but he has that in his range of outcomes. And we just talked about all the reasons to be fearful of Fields. Lawrence going, you know, a full round behind uh, Justin Fields in best ball right now, going in a similar range in Dynasty. And the camp reports on him have been absolutely glowing. Right. And I think that he's one where people 
have already, I think, primed themselves to give the full mulligan. They just need a little bit more of a push, right? Like all of the elements of the mulligan are in place. Everyone already agrees Urban Meyer is a complete disaster. Everybody already <laughs> agrees that their weapons last year were a total joke and an abomination. The only thing missing is people just, you know, we're not 100% sure if all of those things were the reason why Lawrence failed or if all those things were true and sucked anyways, right? But nobody doubts that those things are valid excuses. So I think with Lawrence, if he comes out in the preseason and he looks like what we all expected to see last year and he's slinging it all over the place to Tom's guy, Christian Kirk, to Marvin Jones and Zay Jones and probably not Visca, uh, you know, he's throwing dimes and Evan Ingram is tipping the safeties, all that stuff. People are going to be like, oh, okay, Pryor's confirmed, right? He's finally in a professional offense. He's a professional quarterback. Let's roll. I think it would be really easy for people to talk themselves into that, given all of the shenaniganery that was going on around him last year. So that's a guy I think with everything coming out about him glowing, if he steps up, he looks good in the preseason. People are going to be like, all right, let's fucking ride. I, I, again, I love that. I do love that. I did. Uh, I did take a shit on, on Trevor Lawrence pretty much all off season up until now. I still don't roster any of him. There's just other players there that I prefer, um, but shatter also boots. Uh, yeah. I, I know that comment struck, struck deep about Andrew Luck. I know it did. It was a, it was a cheap shot, but, um, I had to take it because that's what I do here. Uh, I have to run. I'll be back in three minutes. So Jacob is going to disappear for a few minutes and that's okay. Uh, I'm going to regret saying this into a microphone, but taking his quarterback uh, segue, I'm going to continue with a player that I'm really going to regret this in redraft right now, according to fantasy pros, uh, Baker Mayfield, I can't believe I'm going to say this. John's never going to let, let me down here, but Baker Mayfield is being drafted at 24.6. MJJ disrespect our free 20% target share King. (laughs) Look, uh, we try not to disrespect too many people here, but that one's a tough one. Uh, But look, Baker Mayfield going right now, right at the bottom of that uh, QB two tier and, the offense, look, we don't predict injuries. We understand that injuries can happen. Uh, if there is a healthy Christian McCaffrey on the field in Carolina, he will immediately be the best player that Baker Mayfield has ever played with. He also has DJ Moore, phenomenal talent, uh, lesser talent like Robbie Anderson on the roster. Um, we don't know how that offense is going to operate. We don't know if it's going to be any good or not, but Baker Mayfield over his career If you look at the pro football focused passing grades up until last year, uh, 2019, uh, he had a 72.8 grade, 79.9 grade in 2018. His best season was 2020 grade, 81.6. And last year injuries and the team just being absolute dog shit for him. Uh, People will say injury. I'm not going to say that because it was his non-throwing shoulder. I don't understand how that makes you throw interceptions, but I'm also not a professional quarterback. I sit in this chair and and I talk shit about some great athletes. So take that for what you will. But I think a bounce back can happen. We have seen bigger Mayfield run a little bit, uh, which I think is important. I mean, Sam Darnold last year, I know anyone that listens to the show knows it. I did nothing but tout how amazing Sam Darnold was over the first four weeks of the season. He was running in touchdowns near the goal line. I think that's possible for Baker Mayfield as well. And just throw the fucking ball to DJ Moore inside the 10. Just please get him more than 
four touchdowns. I think that it is totally possible that Baker Mayfield plays in this preseason. He beats out Sam Darnold, even though Matt Corral's look good. I don't think they're going to, I don't think rule is going to hand his potential coaching head coaching career over to a rookie. I think it's Baker. And I think that once fans see that he is the far and away starter, I believe his ADP is going to skyrocket to a point where you then become uncomfortable drafting him. But right now he is going just ahead of some just absolute, I mean, more risky plays in my opinion than Baker. Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Davis Mills, Kenny Pickett, Jimmy Garoppolo. These are all the people directly under him right now, according to Fantasy Pros Redraft. And that, to me, is just screaming that he is the last quarterback within those tiers that I'm willing to mess around with on my teams for my money. I believe a 25-touchdown season is within the realm range of possibilities for Baker Mayfield, especially on this team. I can't believe I just touted Baker in any sort of positive light. I hate myself a little bit. I feel sick. Uh, Lucas, your next player before uh, Jacob ends up back with us. So my next player will be uh, Damian Pierce, which if you've listened to the walkabout within the last however yeah, long I've yeah. been on it, uh, I, I said that's somebody who's going to be going up in ADP uh, as we get closer on to the season. Right now he's running back 39 going to DLF running back 48 for your redraft teams based off of fantasy pros. I mean, everything coming out of camp is he is far away. The most explosive running back in that backfield and Got the most juice. And he's definitely going to be getting a lot of looks this preseason. I mean, the point of preseason is to help players develop, see what you have, Try to make these tough roster decisions because every single week, especially for bad teams like this, your your job's on the line. You got to make the most out of the talent you have. Unfortunately, Texans don't have a lot of talent, so they're going to be making sure that they what see mean, what they Mack have in Damian Pierce. He was back. <laughs> we got a full NBC Sports Edge blurb in which it said Marlon Mack is back. Quote Marlon Mack. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that. But <laughs> as I, much I, as I'd love to take his word, my money's yeah. going to be on Damian Pierce. People, his, people it, actually, people actually like sent me that because I've been trashing Marlon Mack, um, and people were like, "Do you see this?" I'm like, "Yes." He told people himself that he's back, referring to himself in first person. Why do I care about this? Uh, to your point, Lucas, his ADP has already started to climb since February yeah. and even the draft in April. RB51, he's now going as the RB38 uh, as of uh, July, 20, uh, July 22nd over on Dynasty League Football. So you're right, it's only going up. Uh, people, I mean, for, it, people forget Marlon Mack was on pace to rack up 1,792 total yards in 2020 before injury. Good point, Boots. Elite talent. And don't forget big old sexy Rexy Burkhead uh, over there in Houston. But I believe you're right. I believe that Pierce will shine through. So I like that one. I don't have him enough. Jacob, I talked about Baker Mayfield just a minute ago. Uh, feel free. Take take us to the next one for you. Absolutely. Uh, look, I don't bring this guy up that much on the show because I, I get it. I stand this guy all the time. And I try to play – some songs off my new albums every once in a while, but sometimes we got to play the hits and this is your last warning to get Tony motherfucking Pollard 
on to your redraft teams, your dynasty teams, your best ball teams. It's Tony time. Uh, here, here's oh why. Okay, I'm not going to go out and be the crazy person and say, you know, oh, he's going to steal Zeke's job and he's going to get all the first down reps in the preseason. That's not going to happen. And if it does happen, it's surely not going to happen in the preseason. But I promise on God, on fantasy football, on God, on Ethereum, on everything that I hold dear, that if this does not happen this year, I will never, ever, ever again fall for this narrative. But I actually think Tony Pollard is going to see work out of the slot this year. I think oh my God. That the Dallas Cowboys, right, are better positioned than any team to actually do the smart thing that every team in this situation, like the Packers and the Colts and the Browns should do and use two running back sets like a lot of the time. Because, first of all, they have a running back in Tony Pollard who played part-time running back, part-time wide receiver in college uh, at Memphis. Okay, he's, Lucas, you know what to do. He was not just an outlet back at Memphis. He was a guy who would run out of the slot and run actual wide receiver routes and play slot wide receiver at Memphis. So he has that skill set. Then we look at this depth chart, and it's CeeDee Lamb, stud, and Jalen Tolbert, maybe interesting rookie. James Washington is hurt. Michael Gallup is hurt. It's Noah Brown, Simi Fahoko, um, uh, other guy, TJ Vasher, Billy's former buddy from the bar at Texas Tech. That's yep. it. That's the guys that are on this roster, right? These guys are not NFL players at, at all, quite frankly. Uh, these guys would not make the Green Bay Packers. So um, it's they have a better team if Pollard is on the field. He is one of their three to four best offensive weapons, quite clearly. And also, you have to think about it. Cowboys have this long-running dilemma. They feel the need to make Zeke Elliott their featured back against their own best interests to appease Jerry Jones to make him feel better about spending way too much money. And yet they have this really good player that they also want to play at Pollard. And how do you how do you like allow yourself to continue to play Zeke his snaps without taking Pollard off the field? You just put Pollard in the slot. And so everything that I've heard out of camp, he's, he's potentially going to get more slot work. And the other interesting thing is that he's getting used in two-minute drill situations in training camp. So if Pollard just keeps most of his early down rushing role from last year, but he's able to pick up like 20 to 30% slot snaps in the two-minute drill, then we're talking about a situation like we've seen in, with the Browns in recent years where Nick Chubb is a low-end RB1 and Kareem Hunt is a low-end RB1, um, where we're able to see that in Dallas. I think that all the ingredients are there. And, I mean, everybody loves Pollard the player anyways. The only stuff that's keeping his uh, ADP down is people worried about the snaps. If you give them just a morsel of hope that he can have weekly starting standalone value next to Zeke, I mean, people will buy that up and, and think the best of it. So that's a guy that I'd be interested to watch in preseason. Week one of preseason. Oh, First snap for the Cowboys. Tony Pollard in the slot and Zeke in the backfield. Tony Pollard's ADP shoots the moon because Jacob puts out a 20-page thread on Twitter as to why this is game-breaking for the Dallas Cowboys. You can book that. The only thing I'm worried about is Ezekiel Elliott going full Tanya Harding, uh, realizing that Pollard is on the way, and <laughs> deliberately puts out an attack on Tony Pollard's needs because he wants to secure his job. He does have that dog in him. So watch out for uh, Tanya Harding of the NFL, a.k.a. Ezekiel Elliott, taking out uh, Tony Pollard, a.k.a. Nancy Kerrigan. So there's a reference for everybody. We're, we're, we're going. 
<laughs> we're, going, we're going early 90s references for today's show. Uh, gotta love that. Look, we're going to do one more each before we ride on out of here. We're going to keep them a little bit short. Uh, I want to talk about a running back, and I want to clear some things up because I got into an argument late last year about this running back, and it made everyone that I know in every league, every time I acquire him, people are going, oh, I thought you hated him, or even – Brad, I know you're out there listening, Hendo, uh, going, oh, you finally turned the corner on him. Not necessarily, but it's Ramondre Stevenson, and I want to tell you why. He's going as the RB 39.2. Damian Harris is still going well above him. We've seen what Harris is. He scored, what, 15 touchdowns and was still unable to crack the top 12. He's just not a very good player. However, any running back that gets the backfield to himself in New England, I believe, is going to do well. If Harris gets hurt, Stevenson to the moon. If Stevenson gets hurt, Harris is going to absolutely rock it for you uh, if he scores those touchdowns. However, the difference is Stevenson has a path to the passing down work. James White, we don't know how healthy he's going to be. Damian Harris does not catch passes. They drafted two rookies that I don't think Bill Belichick is going to put onto the field. It, the Ty path. Montgomery? Ty Montgomery has been shit his entire career. Uh, Stevenson, if he can lock down the pass protection at RB 39, getting that backfield to himself, if he catches 30 passes, he's already worth that draft pick, right? And you're already going to be able to turn him for a profit. However, I disagree with the fact that he is a, if, you know, they trot him out, he gets the pass down work. He's a locked in top 15 running back. I disagree with that. So I just want to just pump the brakes a little bit on the hype train that I have been seeing. He is cut weight. He looks great. Great balance. Speed is there. I understand all of that. I think that a top 20 finish for Stevenson is completely feasible. And I am more than feasible. I think it's probable. And getting him at RB 39 right now is just absolutely asinine. Stop drafting Damian Harris. Uh, I said I would keep it quick. I'm going to keep it quick. Jacob, I know you are a pro Stevenson fantasy player. I am pro Stevenson, but do you know who is now my fourth most rostered dynasty running back? Please don't say Damian. Oh, my God. Enough. Enough. Well, they finally gave him Because he's cheaper than Stevenson. I think that's what it is. He's free. He's free. Um, I I just had to go to the waiver wire and grab like 15 shares, and then he was my fourth most owned running back. It didn't take much effort. (laughs) It took about five minutes, actually. Um. But no, if anyone, I did want to address this. So, yeah, I'm pro Stevenson. I'm rooting for Stevenson. Ty Montgomery is apparently getting some looks as a third down, two minute troll back. Um, I mean, if he's the James White replacement, if that actually comes to pass, then he probably does have some flex value. Um, he's on your waiver wire, unless you're in my league. Um, and he's completely free because he's Ty Montgomery. And I tried to do this about a month ago uh, because former. Uh, guest of the show ben gratch has just been incessantly pumping ty montgomery stocks um all summer and it's been really annoying um but then finally sleeper gave him running back eligibility you'll find though they gave him lowercase running back eligibility so when you add him to your roster you'll look at your roster and it'll be all of your running backs all of your wide receivers all of your tight ends and then just ty montgomery in lowercase rb because the coding is off but anyway the point is they changed him from wide receiver to running back so you can now get him as a running back you can add him in sleeper do dynasty rosters and you should it deep leagues um 
hopefully he never plays a single snap. But uh, I'd, uh, correct. I, my my uh, my my list of most owned dynasty running backs are exclusively bad running backs. It's Deontay Foreman, Treston Abner, Jarek McKinnon, Ty Montgomery, Eno Benjamin, Philip Lindsay, Benny Snell, Kennedy Brooks, Khalil Herbert, and Mike Davis. So no part of that. No part of that surprises me <laughs> at all. Uh, also, speaking of Mike Davis, we didn't even touch. J.K. Dobbins has been uh, uh, cleared to play. He's off the pup, yeah, so he will be pup. ready week one. Shout out to him. Uh, he's he's another player. Practicing. He knew. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he for sure is going to see an ADP bump. I really believe that, especially with the Gus Edwards news that he may not even be ready for the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, Jacob, do you want to hit your last player before we get out of here? And then yeah, I Lucas. Sure do. Yeah, um, it's going to be a tight end, and I forgot who I actually put as the tight end, but that's fine because I have another guy. Um, <laughs> oh, I put out, I put Alberto and I like Alberto, but I, I'm going to talk work hard on, we work hard on this show. Uh, I'm going to talk about a different guy. Cause I, I think that, um, he's even less owned and more interesting. Daniel Bellinger is running yes. exclusively with the ones. Um, it, I love this giants. Um, they did a like game simulated practice type thing, similar idea to like family night and someone tracked all of their snaps they were in 11 personnel on like 90% of their pass plays. Maybe that shifts to some more 10 personnel if Shepard is ever activated. But at least for now, this is an 11 personnel team. Daniel Bellinger was a starting tight end in like 90% of those 11 personnel snaps. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones is, I don't think, going to make this team. Jordan Akins is a blocker. Um, and Daniel Bellinger is a athletic young tight end who might be running like 75% of the routes on a team that might throw 600 times. Um, it is by far the cheapest 400 routes that you'll be able to get in your draft. He does not get drafted at all on underdog. You can get him in the 18th round completely for free. He is on some waiver wires in shallower dynasty leagues. Um, and he's usually a fourth round uh, to undrafted um, pick in rookie drafts. So get Daniel Bellinger on your teams because Everyone knows how bad tight end is. He does not have to do much for people to be like, oh my God, a young athletic tight end? Let's get him, right? Like it, the bar is low for young tight ends to get some market hype. Correct. And again, new system over there, obviously an offensive-minded head coach. Maybe he's filling the Dawson Knox role. Who knows? But if the man catches six to seven touchdowns, you are laughing and at least going to be able to return your investment to a profit. Uh, with draft picks because someone will buy into it. Lucas, before we get out of here, I want to hear your last players uh, quickly. So, Real quick, uh, I had two that I was debating about uh, a lot. One was Khalil Herbert. There was KJ Osborne. And I'll talk more about Osborne, but Herbert, he should get a lot of uh, looks this preseason. I think that's going to make his uh, ADP start going up. Well, but on K- offense or special teams? I know they like to use their running backs. <laughs> oh, I heard that he's God, going to be trying out defense real soon. Oh, oh, linebackers that's why they're town. trading Roquan Smith. They're going to use him at linebacker. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys but, are ridiculous. <laughs> in all seriousness, KJ Osborne, I think with Justin Jefferson, he doesn't need to play the preseason. Alan Thielen, he doesn't need to play a preseason. I think KJ Osborne, whenever they're running with the ones and then also with their twos, but I think people are going to see a lot of Kirk Cousins to KJ Osborne on some really big plays, and it's going to be highlight worthy. People are going to be just wowed by them because it's going to be some 40 yard pass downfield, and they're going to go, Oh man, here it is. It's time. Adam Thielen has to start getting old soon. He's 
He's going to start showing <laughs> the signs of aging. And you know who's been productive? That is an all-time that's an all-time quote. He's gonna start getting old soon. Someday. You know who's always been productive in Minnesota? The number two wide receiver with Kirk Cousins. They've all they've always been productive, and I think that this is your very last chance. If you believe in KJ Osborne, he is right now wide receiver 74 in your dynasty league, 73 in your redraft. Go and get him for pretty much just pennies on the dollar. I mean, what you might have to send out a third round pick for him. I mean, if that's if you believe he has the talent to be able to ascend to a wide receiver two status, this is the perfect time to get him. Well, and check this out. He had seven seven total touchdowns last year. It's pretty fucking good. He had a near 15% target share at wide receiver 73. That's pretty fucking good. He had 82 targets. It's pretty good. He ran 292 uh, routes from the slot last year. That's pretty good. We like that. And he ran a total of 472. What's that? It's pretty good. 472 total routes. He's a participant on 78.1%. Uh, that was his route participation. And he he's, again, he's athletic. You're 448 at the combine. Uh, we like to see that speed. And Adam Thielen has missed time, I think, every year since his big blow-up year, I believe in 2018 or 2019. I think you're right. I think if Adam Thielen does go down, I don't believe in Irv Smith, who's hurt already because uh, he's unathletic, he's small, and he's horrifically overrated. I think K.J. Osborne is a guy that you're right. Deep balls, big games, and again, free. We love free. F-R-E, baby. Exactly. And if that does hit in the priest and he shows anything at all, I think his ADP will go up. Gentlemen, before we get out of here, we're going to start doing this every week. I want to talk about the two games going on on Thursday night, the New York football giants oh, versus the map offense. Yeah, no kidding. You're not even a fucking Colts fan. Anymore. <laughs> uh, the New York football giants and Brian Dable. And of course the New York, pa- uh, the New York Patriots. Oh my God. The new England Patriots uh, whose offense is now led by Matt fucking Patricia. Uh, the over under of that game, which is the real only prop I can, I can really find on this game right now. Uh, is 33.5. So, Lucas, over I under. One other prop. It's actually over under four and a half pencils to fall out of Matt Patricia's ear. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to do under and then over. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jacob. Yeah, any game that Matt Patricia is involved in on the offensive side, I'm digging the under. I'd like the over if he was involved in the defensive side. Correct. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take – I'm actually going to take the over in this game. Um, and then of course we have Tennessee and Baltimore, uh, 31.5 is the over under in this game. They're getting it off early with the rivalry, uh, Jacob over under. I'll take the over. Also Also true boots. I really agree. My favorite team, um, had the same wide receivers. The Colts did outside of pivot. You'd be, uh, it switched to a giant Steve as well. Yeah, Tom, there you go. Actually, they kind of do, um, Boots, you played yourself. Tom's favorite team currently has James Crochet. Is it wide receiver too? <laughs> too true. Too true. And uh, I mean, their quarterback can win an MVP with uh, very limited wide receivers. So there's that. They are very uh, <laughs> Lu- Lucas, over under the Ravens uh, Titans. I'm taking it over. Titans are honestly a team this preseason I want to watch the most. I think there's so many just intriguing questions there, especially 
with uh, where are they going to do at wide receivers? Kyle Phillips looks awesome. We all love Traylon Burks, or at least most of the people on this program love Traylon Burks. Uh, they have some interesting uh, running back options to try to figure out what they're going to do. I mean, they, there's a lot of good things. I didn't even mention their quarterback of the future or this year. Will, will so, Traylon we'll Burks run the right routes? That's the question. Yeah, he's going to run the right routes. He and just I don't got even run think, straight. That's all he I has to do. Malik Willis, Willis plays. Take care of the rest. I don't think Willis plays, I'll tell you that much, yeah, on Thursday. No, I don't think he's playing on Thursday. Trust. What What's the point of a preseason if not to play your third round? He's barely able to run with the threes uh, in camp. Like, he's absolutely on an island. I don't think he plays. Uh, but I want to see I want to see uh, our boy uh, Chestnut. He's, he's playing yes. on Thursday. I cannot yes, wait to see him go. roll out in the fourth quarter. Going to love that. And I'm taking him over. I think fantasy savior last year, Tyler Huntley, is going to come in and hit – Isaiah likely left, right, and center. It's going to hyper target likely, and uh, I'm going to love to see it. We know Tyler Huntley can ball. He balled out uh, last year, and I'm going to love to see it, gentlemen. That captain a- slot if you're a preseason DFS degenerate. Yes, absolutely, 100. He's in the captain slot. This is episode 144 of the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast Network. I want to get the final thoughts from the gentleman, Jacob. Go ahead. No fun times. Like I said, only 20% left of the puppy three. So that's where you'll find me. Um, hop into a lobby and True. take the shitty running backs that I don't want to draft. Take the personal protector. <laughs> oh my God, Lucas. Oh, I mean, it was, it's great that I'm able to be in on the show. Uh, lots of fun times here. It, it's really interesting thinking about what's going to be happening in these preseason games and who is the player that we're going to start overreacting to because they're going to have some highlight worthy plays. I'm, I'm very intrigued to see what that's going to be. It looks like we have a lot of different options right now. So I'm just going to sit back and let fantasy Twitter do its thing. And man, we're going to have fun with it the next day on the show. So. Uh, Twitter is an absolute hellscape in the preseason. I want to remind everyone to stay cool out there. Look, my final thoughts are this. Football is finally upon us, and I just want everyone who's stayed tuned and keep listening. Shout out, Andy. I love this program. We love you too, man. And I love being on this show. I posted a picture of the very of one of the very early days of the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast and where we've come from. I want to thank everyone for over 21,000 downloads. We I still can't believe that many of you have downloaded this program and listened to the words that have come out of our mouths. We love absolutely everything. Every single one of you. Well, maybe not all of you, but most of you. <laughs> Naturally, I, I, I want to remind everyone that the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast Discord is available. It's free. It's a fun time. Uh, obviously, I want to thank everyone for joining me on Twitch at Tony Simple. Uh, I'm, I'm going to throw in um, my redraft ranks in there tonight. Oh. Oh, I love that. Love that in the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast Discord. You heard it here first. Uh, redraft rankings from Jacob going in there. Check that out. Check everything out. Head over to the YouTube. If, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, wherever you're listening to, drop a rate and review. It helps shoot us up some of the charts. It helps us out a lot. I don't care what you say. Tell me that my shirt sucks. Tell me that my beer is scraggly. Um, you know, tell Lucas that his setup is dope. Doesn't matter what you put in, in the comments, just put something in the comments. We appreciate and love you for it. I want to remind everyone that there are other people on the other side of your phones, on, on your screens, of your computers. There's, there's people out there. Remember to be a good human. Remember to check in on your loved ones because you never know when they're going to need it. It's so important. Uh, Summer's coming to an end. We don't know how people are going to react to it. Check in on them. Let them know. Invite them over. Have a bonfire. Get with get with your friends. Get with your family. 
uh, and enjoy your life too. And Jacob, for the love of God, please touch some grass because you're out there talking about 0. 0.03 points. It, it's it. I fear. I fear for you. Go outside, touch some grass, well, get some sun. I, I will. I'm gonna go. If I draft three best ball teams, that I do it on a park bench. Does that count as touching grass? That absolutely <laughs> counts as touching grass. Please do that. Remember that Clara's full hearts can never lose in your best days. They're always bent tilting. Good night, everyone. Uh, we yeah, will yeah. see you on Thursday. Ciao. <laughs>